Happy Wednesday evening, folks. This is the Tomorrow Christian Today, uh, reading 1 Timothy 5 in the NLT. Before I pray, I was telling my friend about YouTube and all the videos I saw, and he says, you know, all the psychological stuff is just, he just uh, thinks it's nonsense. And then I was listening to a pastor, and he was saying, you know what, 1 Corinthians 13, he's talking about the love chapter, and he says, show people, show people love, because people don't see it. And even if you disagree with somebody and you think you're right, you could be wrong because you don't show them love. And really, that's what Christ was about. He was showing us God's love for us. He was showing us how to love each other. And he was showing us, you know, he was showing us how to have relationships. And that's that's something that's quite, quite hard these days. There's a lot of disconnect in the world, a lot of isolation, a lot of unhappiness. Maybe we just need to get back to the simple. It's hard. It's simple, but hard. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you so much. I think when we have a lot of analysis and it's really good to think about things, no problem. We have to think, and yet at the same time, when do we over and analyze things? When do we overanalyze things, I should say? When is there analysis paralysis? When do we read God's word, your word, Lord, but we don't actually apply it? If we don't apply it, how can people see the power at work? If all we do is just talk about it, read it, but we don't actually apply that power and put it into action. So help us, Lord, apply the power of your Holy Spirit to our minds, to our intellectual minds, but also to our actions as well, through our hearts, through how we think and what we think, so that we will not be just people who just make a lot of noise, but we actually do something as well. I'd like, I'd like to be included in that group. That's a power dynamic. In the name of Christ, I pray. Amen. Advice about widows, elders, and slaves. Never speak harshly to an older man, but appeal to him respectfully as you would your own father. Talk to younger men as you would your own brothers. Treat older women as you would your mother, and treat younger women with all purity as you would your own sisters. So there's got to be respect. There definitely has to be respect. And a critical psychologist said that a woman cannot res love someone she does not respect. He said that men can love a woman but not respect her. I really don't know if that's true or not. But the one about a woman cannot love a man that she does not respect. That's a very interesting observation. Take care of any widow who has no one else to care for her. But if she has children or grandchildren, their first responsibility is to show godliness at home and repay their parents by taking care of them. This is something that pleases God. Now a true widow, a woman who is truly alone in this world, has placed her hope in God. She prays night and day, asking God for his help. But the widow who lives only for pleasure is spiritually dead even while she lives. Give these instructions to the church so that no one will be open to criticism. But those who won't care for their relatives, especially those in their own household, have denied the true faith. Such people are worse than unbelievers. You know, once I heard, it's like if you're doing the work of the church, but you're not taking care of your own family, not taking care of your own marriage, you're actually not doing God's will. And somebody in our Bible study in our church said, you know, he's working in the church, he's trying to do things, but he resigned from some committees because, you know, his own wife and uh, he's not being able to give her attention. And it was like, you know what, dude, you gotta, you gotta take care of the wife first. You know, she's the most important earthly relationship you have. And then Christ is the most important heavenly relationship you have. But if your wife's not getting the attention that she needs, you need to step down and you need to fix things at home first before you worry about what's going on in church. And we'll make do. <clears throat> Verse 9. A widow who, puts, who is put on the list for support must be a woman who is at least 60 years old 
and was faithful to her husband, she must be well respected by everyone because of the good she has done. Has she brought up her children well? Has she been kind to strangers and served others, believers humbly? Has she helped those who are in trouble? Has she always been ready to do good? The younger widows should not be on the list because their physical desires will overpower their devotion to Christ and they will want to remarry. I mean, we don't have any kind of list like this in our church. Maybe we should have a women's, you know, there should be like a women's ministry in our church. I think they had one, but it kind of fell into disrepair, disarray um, when, you know, numbers started to go down. So we'll see what happens. Verse 12, then they would be guilty of breaking their previous pledge. And if they are on the list, they will learn to be lazy and will spend their time gossiping from house to house, meddling in other people's business, taking, talking about things they shouldn't. So I advise these younger widows to marry again, have children, and take care of their own homes. Then the enemy will not be able to say anything about them. For I am afraid that some of them have already gone astray and now follow Satan. If a woman who is a believer has relatives who are widows, she must take care of them and not put the responsibility on the church. Then the church can care for the widows who are truly alone. Elders who do their work well should be respected and paid well, especially those who work hard both preaching and teaching. For the scripture says, you must not muzzle an ox to keep it from eating as it treads out the grain. And in another place, those who work deserve their pay. Do not listen to an accusation against an elder unless it is confirmed by two or three witnesses. Those who sin should be reprimanded in front of the whole church. This will serve as a strong warning to others. I solemnly command you in the presence of God and Christ Jesus and the holy angels to obey these instructions without taking sides or showing favoritism to anyone. I guess, you know, there, there has to be... Um, there has to be sort of uh, a church structure. There has to be things in place. I mean, I've obviously come to the church and there's a church constitution and I really didn't care about these kinds of things. It's like, we'll just get, you know, focus on the Bible. I don't really care about church constitution and church rules, but there has to be some governance in the church. Obviously the church is a collection of believers, is a collection of people who are sinners and you know, sinners do bump into each other and do hurt each other. And there not only has to be living by the law of scripture, but there also has to be church rules. There has to be accountability. There has to be responsibility. There has to be certain roles. There has to be governance. There has to be security. There has to be some kind of structure in place and some mechanisms in place to govern the church and keep it moving ahead and deal with the problems as they occur. That's in all the business you know, that's even in marriage. When you have marriage problems, you need to go somewhere. You need to talk to a counselor. You need to recommit to your marriage. You know, church is like a big marriage of people. Wherever there's people, there's going to be problems. There's going to be problems of with people getting out of control, bumping against each other's egos. And God wants unity. And, and he wants that in the new covenant. But in some ways, we're still very much old covenant-ish. We still need rules and we still need discipline. And I think if people just talk about the new covenant, but they don't really do it, it says love fulfills the law, but in a way we've kind of failed with the love thing too, right? We've kind of failed with that. So we do need governance. We do need some rules. We do need some protocols in place. And there's some penalties. If we don't have boundaries, 
people will do things like somebody texting me that was not wanted. You know, it's like, I don't want your text. I didn't ask for it. And if it's discovered that you're texting me, maybe the story will be that I texted you. And then your reputation gets tarnished, right? Your reputation gets blackened because then a cloud settles over your reputation and maybe you're not as pristine because you've allowed yourself to get into a situation that's sticky or get yourself into a dynamic that's troublesome for you. Always have to be careful. It says here, verse 22, never be in a hurry about appointing a church leader. Do not share in the sins of others, keep yourself pure. Verse 23, don't drink only water. You ought to drink a little wine for the sake of your stomach because you are sick so often. So I think he's definitely talking to Timothy directly. Paul is di di talking to Timothy. Some Maybe he had stomach problems, gastroenteritis. I have a nervous st stomach. My mother did. She would drink hot drinks, hot coffee for her stomach. She had gas in her stomach. And I seem to have a nervous, tense stomach. When I get tense, when I get nervous, my stomach just sort of rebels against me. It gets really tight. It feels, I feel like I have an upset stomach. I've had this problem, you know, my life, especially working out sometimes, you get an upset stomach. Sometimes I work out and I feel really hungry afterwards, like I could devour a cow. And sometimes afterwards, it's like my stomach is so nervous. I feel like I want to eat, but I'm actually nauseated. So it's part of my genetics because my brother's nothing like like me you know he's guys like strong as an ox and he never has a nervous nauseated stomach so it's part of your some people was part of your dna maybe timothy had a weakness or maybe he was just young nervous uh, inexperienced uh, but but paul was giving him a little advice and saying a little bit of wine and i don't think it was just grape juice i think there was some fermentation in it maybe it would help settle his stomach a little bit not something to abuse you know there's a whole case about drinking wine or drinking grape juice because I've heard all these arguments and I think that wine is wine it's fermented grape juice in this case but it's like take a little bit to help you take a little bit you know use it sparingly you know God made this he made the fermentation process to help settle your stuff you're not supposed to you know let the wine get control of you Verse 24, remember the sins of some people are obvious, leading them to certain judgment. But there are others whose sins, there are others whose sins will not be revealed until later. In the same way, the good deeds of some people are obvious, and the good deeds done in secret will someday come to light. God knows all. You can fool some of the people some of the time, but you can never fool God.